Hello, Horrorcraft fans. It's me, Cassandra, and today we have a really special episode. Uh, David McGee is coming on for the podcast, and he's going to talk about his band, The Vanilla Milkshakes, along with screenwriting and his Funko Pop collection. Um, I'm super excited to have him on. Um, David is, like I said, a member of The Vanilla Milkshakes. He dabbles in screenwriting and has a huge Funko Pop selection. He is also on the spectrum and I deeply admire him and um, what he is doing for the autistic community. So buckle in and take a seat because we're about to get in this episode. Cue the music. Hello, Horrorcraft fans. It's me, Cassandra, and today we have a very special guest. We have David McGee of the Vanilla Milkshakes. He has a lot of crazy things going on right now. He is a multi-talented person and has an amazing backstory and loves horror. So welcome on, David. How are you? I'm doing good. I just uh, watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is my favorite horror movie of all time. Uh, Killer Clowns is amazing and that's like the greatest movie to watch following like coming on here Um, yeah (laughs) so it's it's, it's like my pregame ritual I think that that's a great pregame ritual I mean you can't get any better than the Chiodo brothers so yeah um they're the nicest guys too but like uh if you like people are like how do you how do you get them to sign your thing when you weren't at a convention I was like because I mailed them a letter that was to their address that's on their website i mean i think that it's great that you do that i don't personally like i i feel like i overthink things so when i try to go approach somebody for the podcast or like talk to them i feel like i sound silly I'm like, I'm like, they're not going to want to talk to me. Most of the time, that's not the case. I feel like horror, people in horror especially, are very super authentic and humble. That's that's why the hashtag horror family is always on. Yes. So um, I I think that that's great. But um, I'm super excited to see the sign Funko Pops because those are uh, one of my favorite Funko Pops that I see around are the Killer Clown ones. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they quickly went up in price yes they did well they became popular you know spirit halloween had a whole collection of them this season and you know yeah. they've had some haunted houses at universal horror nights and i think that that's definitely drove up the accessibility to merchandise i'm glad for it but then at the same time for people like me who want to collect things that they've been watching since you know the dawn of time um yeah uh, it's it's like geez I'm gonna have to pay $50 for that Funko Pop now (laughs) but I mean I guess you know as a horror fan I'll do it yeah like I have uh only a couple more horror pops I need like Ghostface, Cthulhu and uh uh Pinhead trying to think of who else I need I not I I want a Sam with with, I want a Sam with the uh with, with the lollipop but I have a Sam with a candy bar with a razor blade in it but the same with the candy pop can lollipop is the is the you know two hundred dollar one that everyone but the thing is there's so many there's so many fake ones out there 
Yeah, it's hard to disconcern sometimes when you're buying Funko Pops, like which ones are real and which ones aren't, because sometimes the fakes are so authentic looking. It's it's yeah, very but here's, interesting. Here's the thing, though. Like, like uh, one thing they can't fake is the is the bottom of the foot. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Really? Yeah. I've never thought about that before. Well, for everyone out there listening, that's how we authenticate a Funko Pop. Um, that's news to me, at least. The bottom of the foot. Yeah, I have never. I I see. I've never taken my Funko Pops out, so <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen that they have a serial number, but I, I guess I know they have a serial number, but that's definitely a good way to authenticate. So obviously this and, is your- and, 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 and the people that are selling you the bunk ones are counting on you not being not not taking them out. Exactly. And I think when you do buy something like that, if it's not from an authentic dealer, you should take it out uh, and yeah. inspect it. You can always put it back in, but I know like for and, me, and P- P- plus eBay now has its uh, policy where if it's not real, you can immediately cancel the order. Oh, really? Uh, well, yeah. that's great. That's well, thanks eBay for looking out for all of us horror collectors yeah. out there. Cause that definitely helps out. Uh, so obviously this is your first time on the Horrorcraft podcast, which we are super honored for you to come on. Um, but- yeah, I-, I was on the, I was on the horror horror punk rock horror podcast a couple times and uh hopefully trauma talking trauma will have me on soon and it's always cool to talk to different people because different people ask different questions that i would never think of yeah definitely i mean definitely we definitely try to like look into and get some background and definitely just want to make it feel like it's a conversation between people who are just you know horror fans and vibing yeah. with each other it's, uh, it's 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 like like when i said like like just contact david howard thornton he, he he answers everybody who contacts him on instagram i don't know for how long but he uh, it, you know if he gets super popular but he's uh he's super cool he's he's like he's the only person i've ever, he's the only only non-friend friend that i've shared deep thoughts with and he was like you know actually pretty cool about it and and, and but uh he's him and tony todd said that my, my first sag sad film well they'll they'll guest in it i i mean when that happens i will be the first person that will buy a ticket and be in the movie mm-hmm. theater to watch it even if i have to go to a specialty theater i will do it just to see your movie so um, so we're going to play nine questions with Cassandra and okay. we're just going to throw out a couple of different questions. Um, so what is your favorite type of horror movie? Oh, 80 slashers, 80 slashers. What's your favorite 80 or, or, slasher? Or, or 90 or 90 slashers. I, I don't know. I don't even choose <laughs> the, the, the latest one. The latest one as, as, uh, we were talking off screen, off off you know zoom was uh x but uh i would say my the the last slasher before freaky me after after freaky was uh screen five before that was freaky then it was heavy death day and and uh i think but freddy krueger rules them all yeah um i i love the new screen movie so i think that that's definitely a great choice yeah. What's really cool is that the director and the writers, directors and the writers, uh, are uh, 
they uh, I, I liked them when they made Ready or Not, and they they yes they they, they it's really cool because they remember hey you're the guy that liked Ready or Not you don't just like Scream yeah Ready or Not was a great film too like yeah anyone who hasn't seen Ready or Not I would deeply recommend it. It has um, an explosive ending. Yes, it does. That is the greatest ending. We're, we're talking about having an episode on the podcast where we're calling it like good for her, um, where we're talking about like horror movies where women kind oh, of she, get- she, she, she'll be number one. Yeah, her, you're next. Um, yeah. That's kind of the vibe we're going for. So um, definitely stay tuned because that's going to be a fun episode. Um Speaking of Scream, um, I always try to say this in a Ghostways voice, and I... Um, scary movie. Yes. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I would say... Uh, I'll put it on three levels. My favorite horror movie is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. My favorite scary movie is Return to the Living Dead. The movie that scared me so much that I couldn't finish it until I was 16 or 17 was Demons 2 by Dario Argento, uh, Mario Bava. Yes, that's that's a great um, pick. Brittany, who is my co-host on this podcast, is a deep Argento fan, so she will definitely love hearing that. Um, what is your favorite, if you have one, uh, favorite horror TV show? There's been a lot of horror TV coming out lately. Um, does that not count? Yeah. Okay, Death Note. Yeah, Death Note, because I don't usually give horror TV a game, but Death Note was a one-off series, and, and uh, I, I, I see it as a mini-series, and uh, that's the closest to TV I get to. That and Sailor Moon, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge Sailor Moon fan, so the minute you said that, I mean, just top tier. I mean, I, I love Sailor Moon, but yeah, no, I definitely consider that. I have, like- I have every single episode on Prime. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Even I, Sailor Stars. I love it. We were, you know, off camera, we were off Zoom. We were talking about game systems. My I have like a little switch light and my skin is actually Sailor Moon. Um, so I'll yeah. have to remember to show you that. But um oh, I, no. I, I uh I, I don't have any special skin. I, I my I have a switch light too, and it's uh it's yellow. Yeah, I just, I just found this one day and I'm not normally, well, I like to zhuzh anything up, but, um, I I just don't like sticker as do. Yeah, I no, I understand 100%. Um, but yeah, I definitely consider death note. Um, I, I consider attack on Titan, one of that too. And attack on Titan is kind of the same thing as well. My, my, uh, my caregiver's husband loves that show and, and, uh, he sells my caregiver he sells pops uh and stuff and he he got into it like it's really cool his his anime pops are really big and his husband luigi knows where uh which ones are which that's super cool um so what is your least favorite horror movie halloween resurrections halloween resurrection that's that's a good answer um what is your favorite horror movie of 2022 so far? 2022 X. X, yeah. I I can't wait. To, like I said, I'm waiting. 
I probably could spend the twenty dollars right now. At first, and at, 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 at first it, it's honestly, if if you get it for two days, it's better than uh, if you watch it like five times in two days and you watch it with friends and family. Like basically, two tickets would cost twenty four dollars. Yeah. It, well, yeah, exactly. I just I think for me, I know if I know it's a film that I'm going to love. I just would rather wait and buy it, like what it's able it's to buy. buy take, take the first viewing, the first time you see it, you're like, really? The second time you see it, you're like, oh, I can see that. Yeah, somebody told me that every time they watch it, they get like a new layer of it. So yeah. I'm super excited to see that because I've I've heard such great things about it, and that's one of the movies I was excited for for 2022. So. Um, I'm hopeful that once I see it, I can say the same thing. Wait, did uh, Scream 2 come out in 2022? Uh, Scream 5. 5. Yeah, yeah, it did. Okay, that one's my favorite one of 2022. Yeah, Scream 5. Yeah, I, I it did because I actually had COVID when it came out. And so I had plans to go see they, it and they, that did they, not happen. And they didn't make it for video on demand either, which sucked. No, they didn't. They they waited, and then when it dropped, it dropped immediately to where you could just buy it, and um, yeah. which I liked because as soon as I it popped up and said it, you could buy it. I was I didn't have never clicked anything harder in my life. My caregiver pre pre-orders things for me that I don't even know I like. Yeah, I I I thought either way. Like I knew I was gonna like it. But like I said, the first time I watched it, I cried um, just because of all the things that you like pick up on that it are West so crazy. Yeah, it was. And I felt like it kind of definitely. Um, but like if you go back to, to if you go back to uh, Ready or Not, you know, that scene where she puts her hand through the nail. Yeah. The whole every death scene in Scream 5 is like that nail scene. Yeah, it it was very brutal. I, I really liked it though, and all the like kind of subtle tributes to Wes. And then when they put that you know title card at the end, where it's like you know in tribute to Wes, uh, I just yeah. I was bawling <laughs> because Wes Craven was yeah. one of my favorites, um, and he's kind of the reason. I... Go ahead. I'm sorry. So I, I, my, I bad. I interrupt so much. Uh, no, you're fine. <laughs> I, um, I don't. I don't really. I, I cried at the end of thing too, so I'm not one to say anything. But I don't really focus on directors or actors or anything. I just remember the movie. Yeah, I think for me, I, I mean, I do sometimes, but for for me, that was more deeply personal because New Nightmare was like my introduction to horror. That yeah. was the first horror movie I ever watched. That's and, the only one I don't have. Yeah. And so Robert England, um, my grandparents used to live out in California. Well, at the time they, they had already moved back to Ohio, but they were out in California visiting my aunt and they had a cutout at one of the malls of Freddy Krueger. My uncle got a picture of it. Well, then a couple of days later, my grandparents were eating with my aunt and uncle at a restaurant and they saw Robert England. And my grandmother was just very like, oh my goodness, like Michael would freak out if, so they had the picture of my uncle in front of the Freddie, the um, 
the Freddie uh, cutout and my uncle was like, you know, what? I'll go up and ask him. So he approached Robert England and Robert England was like, yeah, I'll sign it. So he, right. he signed the picture and um, I still need to find it somewhere. My grandmother has it, but um, if you find it and post it to Twitter, he'll totally respond. He's so cool like that. Yeah, I definitely want to because so it's a deeply personal connection for me because my uncle passed away almost 10 years ago. Um, and my uncle yeah. was one of the main reasons that I got into horror and especially Freddy Krueger because Freddy Krueger was one of his favorites. So uh, honestly, if you said any movie other than the first, the third or the or New Nightmare, I would have I would have said Sorry Diversity Bubble, but he only co-produced that those yeah yeah definitely um, which, which, which means which means here's my money go make a movie exactly so but i mean it was just such because of the fact that i remember yeah. watching a lot of those movies later on with my uncle as i got older it's definitely a deeply personal thing so when i saw that yeah it definitely uh -huh. made me think of all of that Oh, horror movies are definitely comfort food for me too because my bigger brother he, i told you the story like I, I, I like clown. I like bright colors and stuff. And he, I was three years old and he wanted to go out or something like that. And he was, he, he, so he put on killer clowns. My parents were like, I don't know, it's PG-13. He's like, he won't understand it. Which, you know, I didn't because I'm autistic and I, I was very sheltered. So, so like when they cussed, I was like, he said a bad word. <laughs> but but then then uh then 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 right after I was like, can I see another one that that that's scary? And they put on Return to the Living Dead, and I was three years old, and I saw Trash for the first time. I'm like, where is she tucking it in at? <gasps> that is an amazing story. See, I understand because my son, who is also on the spectrum, um, we don't watch a lot of scary movies with him around, but I did have creature of the black lagoon on the other day and he yeah. just kind of was like yeah whatever but he came in at one part where the creature like they were doing something to the creature and he was like mom why are they torturing that poor creature like they go to the jungle and they, they see the creature they capture the creature they torture the creature the creature lashes out and they let it go and i'm like you made that problem yeah, exactly. So my, my son, who just very bluntly was like, man, they are so mean to that guy. Like he just, no wonder he beat them up. And I'm just <laughs> like laughing internally inside at the fact that my nine-year-old is picking up at this. So yeah, I understand 100%. Um, so he must you, have Asperger's. Um, he, he doesn't have Asperger's, but he is more higher functioning. But yeah. he, I mean, he's just, he's a well, riot. Like I'm at the point where I can live on my own, but I, I still need like at least four hours a day of human human interaction to help me clean and and uh, make my meals and stuff because I, I like like even like if if I forget about my pills, then I don't take them. Then I go through withdrawal. But if I forget, but if I, if I remember my pills, I'm like, okay, it's been six hours. Do I take something yet? Yeah, my uh, so my son is kind of the same way. Like he's. He's very independent, but he still needs, obviously he's only nine, but he's at yeah, the but, point where he can, you know, I, even when he's later in life, I feel like he's going to need just um, help here and there. He's definitely. Yeah. Is he on Medicaid yet? Um, yeah, he is. 
okay, in that case, uh, when he get, becomes 18, he can get into his own place. And if he's on that side, what they'll do is give him all the all the uh, special, like, leap and all those things and food stamps and his SSI. And uh, basically, they have apartment buildings, which I'm going to, which there's a, there's the, the, there's a case manager on 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 site at all times who uh make sure that a you're not doing drugs and b uh you're not you're not in your own personal hell you know he'll come around and say have you done this and that and but, but otherwise you can bring friends there and stuff it's not it's not a cage you know yeah definitely no i i'm that's one of the reasons why i'm super happy that we linked up because um having somebody that is going through that as an adult definitely helps Jim and I, as you know, we're starting to think of, um, and also too, like just somebody who is a role model. Cause I was, I was having a conversation with Braden about you coming on and I'm like, you know, this, this man that's coming on, he's also autistic and he's doing all these really cool things. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that shouldn't stop you from doing cool things either. And he's like, I know he's like, I don't think it's going to stop me from doing anything, mom. And I'm like, it shouldn't, it definitely shouldn't. So I'm that, really. That, that, that's such a mom attitude for, to, towards, to, to, towards something. You can do it no matter what. And you're, you're, you're sitting there going, <laughs> yes. like, I've already been doing it. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Um, so what is, you're a big reader. What is your favorite yeah. horror author? Uh. Brian King, I got to say Brian King, just because he's quick and to the point. His 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 books are more like uh, are more like are more like screenplays set to book. Really, set of, set of books because like Stephen King is the master of words. He'll spend fifteen pages describing a cup of coffee, but Brian King will say the coffee was warm. It was a little stale. The smell had gone gone. When he sipped it, it burnt. It didn't burn his throat. It went down smooth. But Stephen King will spend fifteen pages going like, "the the glass was especially shiny. It must have been washed yesterday." <laughs> but I, I still I still love some Stephen King, but like some of it, I'm like on it, I like at, like I've I, I got past the point of uh seven hundred pages because I was like, when are they going to stop trying to clog up this darn darn storm drain? And and thank God the movie didn't talk about it. The movie just took the last four hundred pages of it and made a movie out of it. But honestly, the first seven hundred pages are the, them just making a damn damn. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, so Goosebumps or Tales from the Crypt? Oh, don't ask me because I could see uh, Goosebumps the books. Mm-hmm. I have every Goosebump book available on my that's available on Twitter. On, on the on the Kindle paper paper white, but Tales from the Crypt I have a very before it became lost to streaming I I bought my favorite episodes so I'd say Goosebump books Tales from the Crypt episodes. That that's a great answer. Yeah, I can't. I have a hard time picking two. Um, I feel like also the Goosebump book, the books the Goosebump books go places that the show never did. Yeah, I feel like the Goosebumps is what I grew up with and um, definitely like the books and the, you know, when the TV show is out, um, 
I can remember being them uh, having like the episodes in blockbusters and stuff like that. So um, okay. I definitely gravitate more towards that. But I do love Chaos from the Crypt as well. So uh, also, did you know that Earl Stein is a uh, pen name? It was actually many different authors going by a set script of how to talk and stuff that made because I, I was because I was like. It takes it takes me a month to write a paper, a thirteen page paper on 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 the politics in Mexico. How how, how does he write a goosebump book, a, a fear street book, and a fear street high or whatever every month? And then then later on, I found out it was a pen name that they used for multiple authors. Wow, I did not know that. So, what is your favorite Funko Pop? Mm. That's not currently or soon to be. Currently or soon to be, whichever one. Currently, actually, no, yeah, my my Kerrickon ones. I I I was gonna say my Billy one from Saw because it's getting signed, but my Kerrickon ones are gonna gonna be signed by all three of them, and 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 the Killer Clown's my first horror movie, and I I the such deep even. It, the, the connections are so deep yeah definitely um i would i mean if i had the killer clowns one i would probably say that too because killer clown i mean you can't get better than that yeah. um what who is your favorite horror writer like when it comes to screenplays guy music the guy who wrote ready or not the yeah. hs Dream five he's also right he's, he's also writing the new final destination movie oh really yeah that's awesome. So, um, so yeah. And from what I understand, every death is going to basically be Final Destination Five gym scene death. It's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna, it's gonna go there every time, and I'm so excited. I'm super excited because I will say Final Destination has given us some of the most anxiety-inducing deaths ever. I will say every time I, 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 I am behind I, 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 a truck. Part two and go past the log truck without passing it. Yes, I can't. I yeah, I can't be behind a truck. <laughs> uh, even even if it doesn't have logs, I cannot be behind a truck without thinking. You know what? We need to get away from this thing as soon as possible. I uh, and that's coming from someone who has a truck driver as a father. Um, yeah, my dad was a truck driver. I never saw him as a kid. Yeah, my dad. Uh, my dad is a truck driver. Like he started driving truck as i'm now later in life but um definitely has been driving since he was like 18 yeah my grandparents owned a trucking company um and so his whole family like they are super into um trucking um so but i cannot think of trucks in the same way after that most definitely not um so i'm going my dad watched it and he was like he secured it wrong <laughs> that's such a daddy answer it's like that's not the point the point is that this person just like it yeah that this person is literally about to die yeah it's it, yeah it, so, so it's also funny too i think my favorite uh i i think my favorite dad dad joke of all time was what, what, what was that? What was was that? Was me, 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 and my friend, me and me and my caregiver were talking about how 
how if we were in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we would, once we saw the house, we'd be like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, definitely. My dad, my dad was like, why don't you just avoid Texas altogether? <laughs> exactly. That's, I mean, that's solid advice. I mean, yeah, don't. And especially if you're going to go up to a house like that, no, nope, just walk away. Just walk away. Just do it. So, and especially if it's inhabited, it's, it's like, so it's like, I don't see any power lines. What the hell? Yeah, that's, that's probably a bad sign right then and there. You need to just, you need to go. So, um, <laughs> okay. Okay, we are back. So right now we're about to talk about the Vanilla Milkshakes, which first of all, that is the coolest name for a band. How did you guys come you up said, with that? Well, so, so I, uh, it started off as a two-piece band back in 2005. And I was like, now I was like, what's the wimpiest band name I can think of? The Milkshakes. Then someone's like, no, someone already took that name. And I was like, okay, the Vanilla Milkshakes. And for some reason, everyone now is like, how do you think of it? It's so it's so amazing. I'm like it was actually just I it was just I tried to think of the one piece thing and it was available. I think that's super cool though. I mean that's definitely unique and um you guys have some super cool artwork to your covers and you also have a really cool mascot. Um what did you say his name is? Uh Kitulu. Kit- Tulu. Oh my gosh, that is super cute. So people will see that because I'm going to put that on the promo for for Thank this. Um, but I think that that's the super, I think that's the cutest thing ever. I hope we that you sh- guys get to the point where you can actually like merchandise. We, 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 we are, if, if, uh, if you just, uh, I'll tell you how to get, 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 get some in, in, in the message later. Okay. Yeah, definitely. But, but, um, they, but they're super small run right now, and, and we're, we're hoping to get a large run made of them and stuff. But for now, it's basically just friends. I definitely let me know because that is the cutest thing ever. I just, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of a Squishmallow that I have that mm-hmm. looks like it's like a dragon one, and it's obviously not nowhere near as cute as that one, but it looks well, like uh, it. Well, how how it came to be is is that I wanted to, I wanted a horror logo and and my base the bass player and drummer my character slash drummer are total deadheads and I was like, what about a dancing horror guy? And I was thinking like a dancing pinhead or something. And and one day I was like, what about Q two? You can and they they're like, no, nah, that never worked. And then then this college girl uh, drew drew a doodle of how how cute Q two could possibly be, and then. I, uh, I, I, on Instagram, I, uh, uh, t- tagged the offsprings guitarist noodles and, uh, I made a rant about how PETA k- kills, uh, three, like, like two thirds of all adoptable pets in America each year, despite them being the biggest animal charity in the world. Yeah. And, and uh, and they, they, they were like, well, KFC kills more chickens a day. And I was like, chickens aren't ki- kittens aren't chickens. And that that is so cool. <laughs> and uh, uh, basically they, they, they blocked my entire IP address. And, really? and, uh, and, and, and the wife of a uh, offspring artist, Tokyo hero was like, that took balls. You want something? I was like, uh, can you make this doodle into a professional band logo? 
And she, she, she was like, sure, honey. And he, he, he made one over six months. Oh my god! And I was like, what do we owe you? And she's like, nothing. Nothing, but any further thing will cost $10,000 per picture. That's amazing. I That's but, but, super cool. But but five percent of every every uh thing would keep you on it up to one thousand or five a cup. I forgot what there was. Uh, everything up to a certain point is five percent, then two percent, then one percent, continuing to tour because she has a it's called Rock and Roll Rescue in uh L A. Yeah, and they, they they accept all animals except zoo, zoological ones and uh. But the, also, the vanilla milkshakes happened because my drummer uh, brought me the, to band practice of his band. And I was like, well, you guys are hurting for shows, but I could get a show. They're like, how can you do that? It's like, would you want to play my music? And they played my music and they're like, this is really cool. And I kind of stole another band. <laughs> hey, I mean, it works. Um, I, I definitely got a chance to listen to the music before you came on here. And I have to say, I really like a lot of it. I want to go back and Thank listen you. to more of it. Um, most definitely. But I, I mean, this as the sincerest form of flattery, but uh, my uncle was a musician as well. And you guys remind me so much of him, like that spirit. My uncle was a huge deadhead as well. Um, and yeah. so he, that was his kind of favorite music. And so, um, it, when I listened to it, it was like listening to something that would have came from him as well. So I just yeah. instantly loved it. Everyone says that we're, we're every, we're every band of the nineties, every, every, every big hit of the nineties rolled into one. Exactly. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's a good compliment though. Most definitely. So, um, let me get my paper. Um, so how obviously we talked about how you came up with a name. Um, where can we find the music? I know it is on Spotify, every platform out there, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, Deezer, whatever, whatever your your your, your country's uh streaming platform, we are on it. That's super cool. So can you buy them on those platforms or can uh, do you buy have, them have, through Bandcamp? We have no physical media yet, but you can buy them from iTunes or Bandcamp or or any place that sells MP3s. Okay, super cool. I'm going to have to go back through and now find all of that. Um, and I will definitely link that in the description um, to this episode. So if you guys are interested. And the, and the, and the, band, the Bandcamps pay what you want. That's, I like, that's a really cool feature. I, I've never really heard of that, but you know, I think that that's super cool, especially, you know, if you love the band helping support it. So if you want to pay more, you know, to help out the band, yeah. that's super cool. Um, what is your creative process for writing music? I sit down if I, and I start making riffs. If I come up with something neat, I write a song and like that, that minute. I yeah. Is it? Is it kind of like therapy for you? No, I actually, I don't even realize that the song's about anything deep until afterwards. Everyone's like, dude, dude, your, your lyrics are so deep. And I was like, I just wrote them. <laughs> but, 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 then, but then I look at back on it and I'm like, wait a second, this is about this period of my life when that, oh my goodness, I'm so, uh, I'm so open. 
Yeah. Um, so I definitely, I want to talk about that, but you've, um, you have a pretty significant backstory. Yeah. I, uh. I used to be, I, I, this local band that, uh, I liked, uh, the bass player was junkie and he was like, you want to hang out in the band? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, can you get me heroin and you can hang out with me if you get me heroin and I give you money. And then and now he was like, Do you like pain pills? And I was like, Yeah, I like pain pills. And he's like, smoke, smoke this. And I was like, and I was like, oh no, at first he was like, You want some heroin? And I was like, No, I I'll never inject myself with that, that stuff. Then he was like, You can smoke it. And I was like, huh? And that led to me selling everything I owned, being homeless for 10 years, seven years, being in jail so many times. Like I like one time I spent I was in jail for six months because they thought that I, I I overdosed someone and just left them there to die. And I was I was like, no, he he did it himself. And they 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 and like the guy even said two weeks after he overdosed, he overdosed again. But they were still but they, they held me there except for, because of some clerical error and we're trying to sue the state. Because also I'm autistic and when I get really upset, I hit myself and I bash my head. And they and I did that against brick walls and stuff and like left bloody marks and all they'd say is quit that or we're gonna have to come in there and tie you up. Yeah, definitely. As a autistic parent, like I understand most definitely. Like um, it definitely hits home for me. Like my, I'm I'm thankful because we have a program here in Huron yeah. County. Um, called Project Lifesaver, where they're already aware of children who are on the spectrum and um, yeah, like I, I, adults. I, yeah, we have autism advantage. Yeah, it, uh, Project Lifesaver is basically like a, a bracelet that monitors where that person is if they're like a flight risk or whatever, but it also makes the police aware that that person has special needs and that way they know how to, you know, my, my, approach my, 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 them. My, my caregiver does that they, they they're really good about it like the the, the first couple times they did they came without guns but then then the, but then they sent someone then they sent people in with guns and i freaked the fuck out i mean obviously like any normal person would but then having sensory issues like that's a huge thing but yeah i you know i'm definitely um obviously i went to school to be a paralegal um, and I'm yeah. a huge legal advocate for justice reform, especially justice reform when it comes to special needs, because yeah. I do think that they, that's they, one area they closed, that they, they closed so many cases on me just because they said, if, if, you, if you take the rap for this stone candy bar, we'll, 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 we'll get you a Burger King or something. Yeah. And I feel like that's that there's so much special needs training that needs to go on. So that's definitely a pet project of mine. I'm a huge yeah. advocate of um, justice reform and especially justice reform when it comes to um, special needs. So um, I'm really, thank, thank you for sharing your backstory because I really want people to hear that and know that, you know, you can climb from that place in your life to where you're at because you are doing so, so many amazing things. Thank you. Yeah, basically the last day I used heroin, well, the last last consecutive day I used heroin, I had a gun to my head and I was like, you know what? Screw it. If you want to shoot me, you're just going to ruin your car. How are you going to explain it to the cops? So the guy so the guy put the gun, clicked the gun, put down, spit out the heroin and coke balls and threw them out into the street and I 
literally spent five, five, ten minutes going out into the street. And I was getting hit by cars trying to get them. Yeah. And then, then, and then, 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 then I, then I came home. I was high as heck, and I, I, I called up the nine one, nine one, and said, "You know what? If I have to do this again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come back." Yeah, uh, definitely. And now look at all the things you're doing. So like right yeah. now your, your band is exploding. Um, you have a song in evil bong eight that's coming out in May. Yeah. We're excited about that. It was supposed to come out in 420 to be a joke, but, uh, it, 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 they're, they're moving offices now. So it's kind of hard. So now it's coming out the May 20th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited. I will definitely be purchasing that just so I can support you guys. Um, Thank you. Uh, so how does your music relate to horror other than obviously, you know, you have a song in evil bong eight and then also too, trauma well, has used. Yeah. One of your probably, songs. probably my lyrics are so open that they're, they're almost horrific in, in their openness. I don't know. I, I I just think that our songs are good in certain scenes. Like 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 one one guy said that he edited a song to start at, at, at on a boat where someone clicks on clicks on the radio and and the, one of our songs comes on in the, in the background and it just works. And uh, basically, we want to be uh, we just want to be in we want every opportunity to have any song we can to have be in any horror movie as many horror movies as possible. We even we almost like, like when trauma asked for a song we recorded it and we we're like okay publisher do your thing make this legal and they're like okay trauma we want three thousand dollars and trauma's like f you and i was like you know what this is a legitimate the legitimate uh offer for us to be exposed and you're hindering that and we are going to sue you for potential lost weight loss royalties which since it's trauma that can be a blank check exactly and, and and two days later, they sent out a thing saying like, everyone can make their own private licenses now. But if you opt out of it, then you you are you you are totally losing out because we do it way better. Now and I was like, how many people, how many rock bands have you licensed this year? They're like five. I'm like, how many clients do you have? Three million. Exactly. Um, I like I definitely see your songs being in a lot of horror movies like when I was listening to a couple of them um, they definitely reminded me of a song that would be very comfortable like what comes to my mind obviously like right away is um, the crow like you know because the crow had a lot of like huge hard-hitting like bands you know they had the cure they they had a lot of just nine inch nails um, uh, were that dark? Uh-huh. Were that dark? Um, no, no. I just feel like I just feel like that would be comfortable. Like that scene is just comfortable with that kind of music. I just feel I like I think, I think it would be well, I think we're best suited for slashers and stuff. Really? Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. Um, but I mean slashers, I feel like you can use a lot of music anyways. So anything yeah. to be a slasher uh music. So you also have some amazing artwork um, that you had done. Um, Thank you. The the writer of the writer of Jigsaw slash Spiral slash the new Jigsaw, I mean the new Saw Eight, the new Saw Ten. I mean, 
which he said that I can I can share this about it. It's 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 a it's a Saw movie from the point of view of Kramer between Saw two and Saw three. Well, that's you heard it here, Horrorcraft fans. That's amazing. And second of all, yeah, Josh Stolberg is amazing. I was, um, yeah. I was very lucky. To, go Sorry. ahead. Uh, I was very lucky to be a part of a room that he was in because uh, yeah. I was not a huge Saw fan. And then I got a, a part of Clubhouse um, because of the pandemic and I got into the horror groups and a couple yeah. of the people um, talked me into watching Saw um, yeah. right before Spiral came out and Josh came on on one of them and he was yeah. the nicest guy ever. Oh, totally. And it's funny, he writes amazing horror movies and he makes good jokes, but his comedy movies and adventure movies, he's like, I'm so much more than a horror writer. And I'm like, no, you're really not. Your horror movies, your best stuff. Yeah, definitely. Because he made good luck, Chuck, and and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I mean, he's made so many good horror movies. Like, I... Uh, the new the piranha the piranha remake was really good the piranha remake was amazing people don't give that enough credit but i i love so it sorority row like no 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 one knows this but sorority row is like one sorority of the row is a, yes it is amazing and i will i will die on that hill of how amazing mm-hmm. i feel that movie is i remember seeing it in theaters and being blown away like i i was yeah. a teen when that came out and that and was amazing it. Another movie that was surprisingly good was Valentine. Yes, Valentine was great. Valentine is always um, a favorite of mine to watch during Valentine the Valentine season. Um, but I watch my it anyway. Yeah, oh, I watch yeah, my. I, I, I don't like the original, but I like the remake. Yeah, I well, I like both of them. Um, I think they both have different vibes, but I I'm I'm a sucker for watching different movies around different times of the year. So. Um, but you, I, I, I just have like four, 400 of them and I just watch them whenever. I mean, like, 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 like if I'm not watching YouTube, I'm watching uh, oh, any given horror movie. What I like, anyways, what I was going to say about Saw is that uh, for the longest time, I would not watch them because I was like, I don't want to watch torture porn. Yeah, and, exactly. And, but, but, but then I watched one and I was like, wait a second. The, the timer is only a minute long or a minute and a half. That's no longer than the average death. Yeah. Um, I, for the longest time, would not watch it because of that. I feel like it got lumped in with a lot of different movies around that time that are under that genre. But when the, long, the longest torture that happens is, is the guy cutting his foot off in the first one. Exactly. Um, but I feel like there's such a good story behind all of them. Um, that I feel like that doesn't get talked about at, at the core saw is like a, a crime, like a crime thriller. Like it's got this deep story and this deep arc about humanity to it as well. I'm going to be honest. My favorite one was uh, spiral just because it didn't try to be moral about what it was doing. It was straight up revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Spiral was really good. Um, one of my favorites is jigsaw. Um, me too and josh is like everyone hates that one i'm like it comes up in all the lists of like worst plot reveals worst plot twists ever and i was like aside from the lasers being realistic it's pretty good i i, I had no yeah it, it you, was you know, the only remake that i actually 
actively don't like is that Nightmare on Elm Street remake, and that's because they did the cardinal sin to Freddy. They took away his humor. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll like definitely, we will definitely it's talk scary. about. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that off screen. Um, but uh, I, um, I definitely agree. Like jigsaw did exactly kind of what the final destination the fifth one did if you're yeah. listening to this right now this is a massive spoiler so if you want to skip over this part but um jigsaw kind of did exactly what the last final destination movie did which is you know you don't realize that final destination five is actually a prequel until the very end of the movie well, well um, that, that, that one's a prequel that one's the the, the the scenes in the barn are prequel but but the scenes outside are modern day right um so that that to me the fact that jigsaw is like you said it's a prequel and a sequel at the same time and it just that whole thing to me was just like whoa i my mind was blown. Um, so I, Josh, if you're listening, I didn't think that that was the worst one. I am a stan. I always will be a stan. Um, but, <laughs> Me too. I, I, I held, held all my hand up, hand up for that. Yes. Uh, so you're working with Steve Fisk. Yeah, he, he did. He did. He did. Most notably, did Soundgarden, uh, Soundgarden Super Unknown, and uh, he worked with Nirvana and. Uh, He's worked with a bunch of other bands. He sent, he sent, he's like, he sends me stuff he's doing, and and I'm just like, wow, this is really, really heavy. And uh, and and one thing I'm excited about is that he like we worked with Jack and Dino and Calvin Johnson, all these people that are really famous, and they were they're, they're pretty much like, so this is your song, okay, here's record. And but with what was Steve Fisk, he's like, this song is not your best, and I'm like, okay, can I try another one? And so, so he, so he's like, so I'm getting songs, I'm doing demos of songs and having them approved. That's, I mean, that's great. And I'm super excited to know that you guys are working, you know, on a um, project for the future, because I think that that's going to be amazing. I just think that that's going to, that's going to blow up. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, if you look, if you look up uh, the vanilla milkshakes on, on uh youtube there's i I have tons of demos some good some very bad well yeah i will definitely make sure to link that in the description and definitely post that around um so not only are you part of the vanilla milkshakes but you are also trying your hand at some screenwriting i am uh after the after we made the song for trauma i was i was uh, I I, I, I I gave an idea to Lloyd and he was like, that's a shitty idea. And I was like, what about this? He's like, that's been done. And then I made another one. He was like, he's like, let's set up a Zoom call. And I was like, yay. Then he's like, it's been done. And I was like, oh. He's, then he's like, I want some commentary. And I was like, I got an idea. So I came up with an idea. We both hate torture porn, but I came up with an idea about torture porn that totally flips it on its head. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's going to go places. And 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 then then and also you said that with that I can get a I can get into the I get in screenwriters guild, and when I can do when I do that I can work with Jeffrey Deaver Jeff Day just sorry Jeffrey Deaver is an author I like, uh, Jeffrey Reddick from Final Destination said he had worked with me on uh, uh on uh ideas I had and uh 
stuff if once again an agent and he was he was kind of he wasn't condescending but he was kind of like he's like you have really good ideas but we need an agent to talk and i was like you want an agent i'm getting an agent (laughs) yeah i mean definitely you're you're definitely a go-getter that's one thing i super admire um because like i said before i you know, this is my venture out into doing something out of the ordinary. And I still even sometimes I have to like, talk myself down. I very much like second guess myself. So um, a lot of times. Sorry, you're doing doing really, really good. Uh, Like, like a lot of the other podcasts that they're like, like, they ask a question, then they cut, then I wait a second, then they ask a question, then they cut, and I wait a second. Because they, they, they splice them up to make because uh, a, a lot of people don't. One 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 thing one thing people do is uh, they they cut their they, they cut the best clips of them saying things together. Like Finn McKinty on the punk rock NBA on YouTube, but like his stuff is not just a one shot rant. It's uh, cut together. Yeah, I I think for us we like to have we don't want to just be like another voice in horror. We want to be a meeting place. We definitely want some really good commentary and we want, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of these people that come on, they're just people and they love horror and we all love horror. And we're part of this big, crazy fandom um, that just keeps evolving and keeps moving forward. Um, So we pride ourselves at being the middle ground because yeah, like you said before, it has to be a really horrible, awful movie for me not to watch a horror film. I know, right? Yeah. And, and uh, I don't even want to say its name because even saying its name promotes it, but a Siberian film, does not, watching that does not make you a hardcore horror fan. It makes you a pedophile. Yes, Um, we just had this conversation on a different episode. Um, uh, there is an episode that I did with Jay's nerdy life. And we were talking about that, uh, Serbian film. Sorry. Um, yeah, Brittany and I notoriously, like, I understand it was made for shock value or whatever, but, um, people post about it all, all the time. yeah, I post that meme every time someone every time someone posts about it in the bloody horror discussing fan, bloody discussing horror fans. I post a meme. I post the Je- Jeff Goldblum meme saying just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I I mean like people will literally post like the Netflix and chill, but it will be like a Serbian film and chill. And I'm like, look, if somebody showed me that on a first fun. date, yeah, if somebody showed me that on a date, I would walk out. Just gonna yeah. say it. <laughs> I will watch a lot of things, but I would walk out. Like so, so, so I would even watch Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely, you know, I would watch the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake before I watch that. And yeah, I, I don't have I, the greatest things to say about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I, I got to send you a meme after this. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um but yeah, so what are your horror influences when it comes to screenwriting? Uh, the guy, the guys in uh, Radio Silence who made a VHS slash Ready or Not slash Scream Five and the upcoming Final Destination. Uh, they, they, what they did was uh, was was show that you could uh, have have to- totally have a. Uh, 
you can, you can have a uh, humor in your horror and not make it about the humor. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of find that with black Christmas too. Like there's some deep dark horror, uh, like humor in black Christmas, Which one? um, the original black Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, um, I actually fell asleep during, during the remake, but that could have been the heroin. <laughs> um i'm i'm sorry i'm i shouldn't laugh at that but the way you said that i mean yeah definitely it, 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 you should you should read some of our you should listen to some of our lyrics some of the darkest stuff that i'm singing so happy <laughs> um yeah that you know black the original black christmas is near and dear to my heart because i live in ohio and i live close to cleveland which is where the christmas story house is and a christmas story and black christmas were both done by bob clark okay um so and they both have dark humor to it um a christmas story sometimes you know every time i watch a christmas story i get a different layer of it but as an adult i watch some of it and i feel like this is kind of terrifying for a kid like honestly some of the things that are going on but um but it's a kids movie. It's a beloved kids movie, and it's definitely mm-hmm. beloved for this area. Well, just just, just like I, I watched Purple Rain yesterday for the first time ever in, in in our independent theater. No, no, it was the day before. Sorry. Uh, and and I was and it normalized uh, spousal like 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 abuse towards females, and I was like, it, like he slap like the husband slaps the wife, and then Prince slaps the girl to make her you know you know uh, you know you know the 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 straighten her out yeah yeah definitely no i understand like some of the movies you watch nowadays um like some of the things that themes that happened back then like you just can't imagine some of them happening now but um, well, I, still don't, I still hate cancel culture though and i still hate the fact like just be but, like everyone's like oh i hate all in the family i'm like all in the family is a time capsule. It it deserves to be shown, but it doesn't deserve to be canceled. It deserves to be viewed as it was viewed back then, not as it is now. If you do that with everything now, then you're going to erase everything prior to the two thousands. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. Like we we talk about it all the time. Uh, we've brought this up with Jeepers Creepers because you know Jeepers Creepers no- notoriously the director of one through three is a yeah, horrible, yeah. awful person. And, and, uh, and, and, and like he, he and like he directed a, I didn't know this but I used to have this no, no wonder it's not on digital yet but uh, I had this movie as a kid called Clown House mm-hmm. that I really liked and he directed that and I, and I found out that the kid wasn't faking his scared yeah yeah he wasn't um, I'm glad that they're re, that they brought somebody else in to finish out Jeepers Creepers um, I've heard that they might be rebooting it or like soft rebooting it. Um, yeah. but please don't, do it. please don't do a legacy sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't. Um, legacy but, sequels are played out before they, before they even became a thing. Yeah. Um, I, but we've said this before, like, you know, we'll watch Jeepers Creepers because Jeepers Creepers still is a movie is great is the thing the director was bad but was the writer was it was the was right prop people were were the actors and everything like like, justin long who uh, you know that was like one of his bigger performances he's wonderful in that movie and do i feel like he needs to get canceled because the director was horrible no 
Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's like it's like my, my my feeling. In a perfect world, the the perpetrator, his royalties or whatever, would go to a charity, while everyone else would profit from it. Yeah, I think that that's a great idea. So, um, give me one second. Okay, we are back with David McGee, and we were talking about screenwriting. Um, which is something that's so super cool. Um, I wouldn't even know where to begin um, writing a screenplay. Yeah, um, and, and I totally fell into it by accident. It's uh, what happened was that I had I had a good friend who who who's 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 like I just got the rights to Frankenhooker and I have no idea what to do with it. So I came up with a really dark take. And he's like, "Why don't you write a script?" And I was like, "I have no idea how to," but my short stories are always 90 90 to 120 pages and my books are always like over 700 pages when i write in my ebooks so 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 and everyone said that i write like their movies anyway so i, I learned how to format them and did did it and then uh then lloyd bought the uh rights to it and uh i, I, I was like i had the script and he's like it's way it's not trauma and uh but he let us make a song for them because i was i was like we'll, we'll we'll do anything for you i told you the story about how 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 we we got trauma to pay just a dollar for the song yes yeah that's i mean that's pretty it's pretty stellar to do that <laughs> yeah because especially since there's only two two uh independent publishers in america for indie artists tim Gordon, cd baby and we changed we changed uh policy for TuneCore and like six million bands. That's that's amazing. That's a huge accomplishment. So what makes a good movie from a writing perspective? Show don't tell. Well, like no one be, 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 a story should 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 unfold. You should learn the events. Through through more 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 organic stuff, you, you don't you don't want to have a scene where where a person sits around a campfire and goes, "This is the entire story," and then we're gonna pick up from there. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I can definitely see how that makes for a um, a good story. Um, what is your perfect atmosphere for writing? Um. Honestly, quiet and 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 on a desk and, and uh, just and I have a pain pill or two in me and I'm I'm just feeling good and stuff. Uh, I I take pain meds because of my wrist and and my constant headaches. I, they think I might be diabetic. Right. No. No. I understand exactly how that is. Um, I myself am diabetic, so I can totally. Yeah. Um, understand that and yeah i i get it i'm kind of the same way when i do stuff for the podcast i need kind of that's why i have my own space um because yeah. i just can come in and just do my own thing and normally if i'm trying to get ideas i will have some kind of filler movie or something in the background it's either yeah. like law and order or it's like one of the old like universal monster movies or yeah. Um, an 80s horror movie so yeah uh uh 
uh, I, I used to have over a thousand, I used to have over 500, 500 horror DVDs and 700 horror VHS cassettes, and I sold them all to get my first, uh, not, not my first guitar, but my first professional guitar in amp. And now, now I have now 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 I have four, about over four hundred on digital and and a couple on the blue Blu-ray and DVD, but uh, um, like it was really cold, and that now we're, we're making a full one eighty and making music for for horror and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you have a huge collection. Um, your Funko Pops are amazing. I know, like right before yeah. we came on, we were talking about um the duffy uh funko pop right daffy. Yeah. Yeah, daffy. daffy yeah daffy sorry we were talking about the daffy one gremlins is one of my favorite movies so i was definitely when you showed me the picture i was like oh my gosh that is so cool oh um, i guess i guess you pictured the of the gizmo flock which is which is basically a way of a i don't know how they do it it's it's like fuzzy paint I th- I'm thinking they do it the same way they do uh, Velcro, which is they, they, they put the paint on and do an UV light on it or something. That is super cool. Yeah, I actually have um, a gizmo backpack that I have all the time uh, from Lounge Fly. <laughs> um, it actually has a Christmas hat that goes with it. Um, so um, if you're in the area and you see someone with that backpack, it is probably me. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I know that you are working on your future, like a future album. Are there any future upcoming pro- uh, other projects that you want to talk about? Or yeah, I uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more about screenwriting. I uh, uh, actually, there's not much to talk about screenwriting. It's it, it's like writing a book. It takes time and stuff. I, I was really feeling bad until until i learned that they usually give you six months to write a screenplay and i've only been doing it for two months and i'm I'm almost finished and i'm not i was freaking out yeah yeah i mean i think you're going at a great pace so i think that um that's awesome and i have no doubt that you are going to come out with a super stellar um screenplay and i am super excited to see where that is going to take you and, and, um, not, and, and as far as my compo- composing uh, c- composing influences go for composing for movies is Charles Band from Richard Band from Dolls and Puppet Master. Yeah. And, and John Murphy from uh, James, James Gunn movies. Dolls is a great one. Um, yeah. Dolls. So, oh, my God. So good. Yes, Dolls is amazing. Um, Brittany was the one that got me to watch Dolls first. And the first time I watched it, I was like, what is this movie? Uh, but I love it. I mean, it's one of my favorites now. Uh, but I think that's the way you start off watching any horror movie. You're kind of just entranced for a minute. You don't know what you watched. And then when you go back and watch it again, it's like, okay, I understand yeah. the allure now. One, one movie, I don't know why, it's brought, why I thought of it right now, but Chopping Mall. Do you remember that one? Yes, I have Chopping Mall. And, so do um, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I actually, um, Barbara Crampton, uh, during the pandemic, got on uh, Clubhouse for a while. And, like, I think I was watching Chopping Mall one day and tagged her, and she, like, 
put it on, like she like reshared it on her Instagram and I about fell over um, because I love Barbara Crampton. Yeah, and she's so, she, she's, she's so sweet. Yes, she is so, she's so humble and she's just, I mean, ever since she came back um, I, into I, her. I don't mean to be Machine Gun Kelly, but why does her son have to be so damn hot? <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's a question for Hope Barbara. I mean, have you, no feelings. Uh, Barbara Crampton, I mean, is gorgeous. So that just makes sense. Yeah. And, her, and her, her, our bassist is also really tall. He's six foot seven. He says he has a pussy magnet, but he won't tell me where he puts it. He says it's near a tuner. Huh? That, that. That is hilarious. Um, so I so appreciate you coming on and doing this. This has um, been great. Um, where can we find you on social media? Uh, uh, either Davy Milkshake One at on Twitter or the official TVM on Twitter. That's our band page. The the official the Vanilla Milkshakes uh on twitter and and on uh instagram it's the vanilla milkshakes and uh on uh facebook it's the vanilla milkshakes too i yeah so if you're interested in finding out more about david hit him up on social media um but we greatly appreciate you coming back uh coming on the Horrorcraft podcast and we look forward to having you back as you keep doing all these awesome and amazing things um oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, we'll definitely have you coming back for a couple episodes. I already, it's already in my mind. So, okay. Um, but uh, this is Cassandra signing off. I hope everyone stays spooky. And until next time, bye. bye.